Before we get into the episode, I'd like to take a moment to say thank you to all my listeners. The support has been so much appreciated since I began the podcast a few months ago. The one thing I do ask is that will you please, if you enjoy the podcast, hit the follow button on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast from. It really, really helps the podcast grow and it only takes a second. would really appreciate if you could do that for me. Thank you. Also, in the episode description, I have put a link if you fancy donating the price of a coffee towards the running costs for the the podcast. Absolutely no obligation to do so. This isn't about the money for me, but if you feel you want to make a little contribution towards the costs, the option is there to do so. But again, absolutely no obligation to do so. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Also, just so you're aware, there's a slight drop off midway through this episode for a couple of seconds. It doesn't affect the flow of the podcast at all. Thank you. Welcome to this week's episode of Spud Talks Football. This week I'm delighted to be joined by Kevin Stack, who is one half of the travelling duo, Happy Irish Wanderers. Kevin's here to tell us a little bit about his travels around the world, his love of football, amongst other things. Kevin, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks, bud. How are you doing? I'm very good, man. I'm very good here. Thanks for taking time out of your uh, busy day to, to come and speak to me. I'm sure you're up the walls there. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in Thailand at the moment, about a week ago now, and... Um... Oh, it's very busy here, man. Yeah, we're we're chilling on the beaches and just hanging around, like so. Um, so you're lucky. I I had a spare hour for you to find, you know. But um, <laughs> we manage, we manage, you know. So, all good. Uh, it's, it's a tough life, but someone has to do it, hey. Ah, uh, very tough, man. Yeah, very tough. <laughs> Kevin, um, what I like to do is um, to just to give the listeners an idea who who they're listening to and a bit about your background and stuff. Um, I always like to just tell a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, who you supported as a boy, and how you kind of started getting into football and stuff. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So um I'm I'm Kevin Stack. Um I'm one half of Happy Irish Wanderers. Um I'm from Cove, County Cork, but at the age of five I moved over to Holland um where I stayed till I was eighteen. Um and I moved back to, to Ireland, joined the army for about twelve years, um, and then in twenty sixteen my wife and I moved to Australia where we stayed for about seven years. And um, and about two years ago, we quit our jobs and, and we've been traveling the world. We, we just finished Cairo to Cape Town there about a week ago, two weeks ago. And then um, currently we're in Thailand, just hanging out here till, till after Christmas and, and big plans for 2024 coming up then again. We let the road. Ah, oh, nice, man. It's a nice lifestyle, man. And I'm sure we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll get on to all the, uh, the, the experiences you've had so far. But um, you just yeah, uh, nice you, mentioned, you mentioned there, Kevin, Kevin, that you moved to Holland. Um, or the Netherlands for my um, Australian listeners. So you moved to Holland for uh, <laughs> yeah. when, when you when you were five there. Um, so was that like for a father's job type thing, or how, how did that come about? Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, we we moved over the end of the eighties, like so. There was there wasn't much work in Ireland at the time, and um, and, and my own man was was working in Germany at the time. Then anyway, so um, so, so then we just all moved over in in eighty eight, and um, yeah, and, and and I grew up there. Then I, I lived there for nearly thirteen years. Um, I did my school there, did my leaving cert there, fluent in Dutch, and um, and and that's where I started playing football. Then as well in in Holland, during during the good times and the the famous Ajax teams and and the, the Barcelona teams that that was managed by by Johan Cruyff and and Ronald Koeman was player and all them boys like yeah. So, so that's that's where my football roots start. Then 
back back in those days in Holland. Yeah, sure. Look, sure. Holland have produced some of the best players that would our generation would have ever seen. Like that Ajax team in '95 is just phenomenal under Louis Van Gaal. Yeah, exactly, the, um, yeah. the Dutch you know, national team, wasn't it? You you went you went over when you were five, and and did you um? So for your parents, like to kind of integrate you into the in, into it, did you start playing football in school, or or did they put you into a local club, or or kind of how how, how did you get? Because obviously they put you into school, but did you only play school and football football in school, or did you start playing with a club? Yeah, so yeah. so I I joined one of the local clubs, um, and um, it was actually buddy in in my class. He he was playing with with this team, like, and and then I I, I just thought you know, I I'd be interested in. And playing football as well, it seems a bit of fun. And um, so, so I was only about five or six then again, and I joined the team. And and I turned forty a couple of weeks ago, and um, yeah, I've been playing football since since that magical day. I haven't stopped, love it. This uh, yeah, a long old career for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the body, the body doesn't let me do what I want anymore. But um, the brain and the passion is still there, though. You know. What was the um? What was it? What was youth football in Holland like? Um, yeah, it was quite competitive. Um, we the, the team that I used to play for. Lucky, we we had a lot of good players, as well, like so, um, and and good managers growing up. Um, but um, you start off it was it was, it was like seven aside or something like that, and and then you play all during the summers and in the winter months. Then it gets quite cold in Holland, like so. So some winters there could be like minus ten, minus twenty, like and and obviously you won't be playing then. So um, so what the Dutch used to do is did did finish up the outdoor league. And then for winter, then you start an indoor league, um, which which went for about three months as well. So um, so 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 that was John futsal. It was just just indoor football for us, like so. So that was brilliant for me growing up with with John different types of football, then as well. John, I, I, the outdoor, which, which moved up to the eleven aside, and and then the indoor, which continued on for every winter till till the age of thirteen, where John, you're you're a, a junior, senior, then kind of. But John, you 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 start playing football outdoors, then again. In the winter in, in Holland, like John, or, or after the Christmas break, sorry. But um, yeah, it was brilliant, brilliant experience there. Like um, all the pitches are flat, which which you don't see too often in Ireland, like do you? Um, <laughs> and, oh, have you seen some of the pitches I grew up playing on? Last? <laughs> yeah, crazy. Like yeah, it's like playing on an, on on a hill or a mountain. Like, you know, some of the pitches. Um, but yeah, brilliant experiences there. Like John, it, it was just it was very different when when I moved back to Ireland. It was um. I never took notice of it. I just always took it for granted until I moved back to Ireland, and, and then I could see the differences. And um, trying to be showing up at a football pitch is there, like, and, and and you see the state of the pitch, like, and and, and the grass is, is nearly a foot high in some places, and and you're all getting changed in containers, and there's no showers, no toilets, and you're going like, Jesus, what is this, like, you know, like I I never experienced any of that until I moved back to Ireland. And in Holland, all the facilities are just mint, John, like, like for every age group, yeah, for for every age group, like, yeah, and and even like. The, the, the senior team like they would have their own dressing room with the club that I used to play for but um most teams as well they would have like if if you're the age of five or six or seven you could be getting changed in the senior dressing room as well like as, as long as they weren't playing you know and and all yeah. the facilities were shared like and 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 yeah we, we played on the same pitches we used the same same tools everything like so yeah brilliant experience yeah it must have been a bit, a bit of a land come with all respect to Ireland because I, I know what it was like uh Growing up in the early nineties, playing football and stuff, and the pitch and the facilities were shocking in some places. I remember all of us in the in the piss and rain, huddled in the corner, trying to get changed in a sea container that had no doors or nothing. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's sad, like, and it's, it's even shelter, like, at the side of the pitch, like, you know, have a dugout or some simple things like that. Like, there, there, there's a lot of stuff missing, like, when they're 
Yeah, it was. I think it's a lot better now, but definitely for us growing up, yeah, it was. Uh, um, a lot of people look back and say, "Oh, yeah, but they've grown and did it tough from the sub." But you know, you might have we might have produced uh, some more footballers had they had better chance. You know, like you know, early doors, like because um, yeah, yeah. but the um, you know, I remember watching an interview with Robin Van Persie, and I remember him talking about cage football in Holland in his youth. That he said that grounded him to become a pro footballer. Have you did you come across much of that? He said. When, he said he, he used, I, 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 I moved back to to Ireland in two thousand, and um, and it was around at that time. Like, yeah, it was starting to come in. Like, but but I I definitely left before the peak happened, John, which is unfortunate. But like, um, I, I remember there's a big thing in Holland. Um, I can't remember the name what it's called. Pane, it's called. So, so so it'd be like one aside or three aside, and and it doesn't matter how many goals you score, but if someone gets nutmegged. That's it. The entire game is over, and um, and you win the game. <laughs> and um, wow. oh, see some of the skills. That this is proper street football, now. Like, see some of the skills these boys would be pulling out. Like, you know, like, John, you're guaranteed to get nutmeg. <laughs> so, <laughs> so proper competitive nutmegging, like proper. Yeah, proper yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. The goals don't matter really. Like, you know, they're, they're concentrating on, on the nutmegs. Like, yeah, which, which is strange. Like, but um, I'm I'm pretty sure it's still a big thing. I know. Like, yeah, it was, but the skills were just out of this world. Like, yeah, unbelievable. And like Kevin, you know, obviously when we were growing up in Ireland, immigration and stuff wasn't a huge thing at the time. But moving to Holland, it must have been like you must have you must have had a lot of different friends, nationalities, and playing football against different cultures and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So so th- there's there's a lot of immigrants in, in Holland. Um, there's a lot of Moroccans and Turks came over and um, and, and you know Suriname, Suriname, the country in yeah yeah in that's... South America. So so that's where all the boys come from. John Frank Reichardt, Hullet, David, Sador, Patrick Cloyvert, all them boys. They're, they're, they're all from Suriname, yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah, reading yeah. about it before. Yeah, so like um there, there was a lot of them nationalities there. Um they still are when I was there, like, but um again, I, I remember I used to play against this lad, he was in the same school for me. He was Moroccan and um he went on to play for, for VVV, which it's a Dutch team, they're always kind of going up and down between the, the Is Dutch that the Volkswagen Ventlo? Venlo, Venlo, yeah, yeah, it's in yeah, Venlo, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so they were just up the road from from where I lived. Um, I was friends with another or two Indonesian lads. Um, so, so the Dutch had had a lot of colonies in Indonesia as well. So all, all the Indonesians moved over to Holland. Um, two boys they went on to play for for Roda GC and um and Fortuna Sittard and um just yeah the, the, the talent in, in Holland was unbelievable. Like uh, just everywhere, and. and just all natural to them as well, it seemed like, you know, like, like John, they're all tall, they're strong, they're fit, they, they understand the game, they, they, they have the technique for the game, you know, it was, yeah, it was a brilliant place to play football and, and learn about football. So, um, you you moved back to Ireland then, and uh, what, what age were you then? Because you finished your schooling in Holland, did you? Correct, correct. So, I was, um, I was 18 when I came back to Holland, and, um, and I just lost around for a year or two then, really, like, and, and, and I ended up joining the army then. And I was in the army for for twelve years. Um, so I'm, I'm from Cove, and when I moved back, I, I played with Cove Ramblers for the first year. Um, and all them players again, there's, there's boys there that some went on to play for Cork City and stuff. You know, brilliant players. Um, but I wasn't really in the mind frame then. You know, I, I was I was only eighteen, and I came back and and I was up for partying more than playing football, playing serious football. So um, so so I, after the year, I I ended up quitting, and I didn't play football for about a year. Until I joined another club um, across the river in Passage, and um, I was with them for about two years until I joined the army. And and after that, then the eleven side kind of faded away because 
I was, I was afraid of getting injured and, and because I was based in Limerick in the army as well, John, I, I didn't join the team there. I used to be playing five beside, six aside. But um, John, I, I was playing about five games of that nearly every week. So I'd be playing at football at, at, at the army, then playing my own games. Like So um, yeah, shame that the living side, the competitive side disappeared for over 10 years. Like, But um, once I moved to Australia, I ended up joining a, a team around the corner and um, just because they were the closest team. And, you know, when, when you move to, to new places, like the, the best way to, to meet new people is to is to join a, a sports club, isn't it? Oh, 100%, yeah. Oh, so, uh, so, absolutely. And whenever, um, like, there's Facebook pages over here, Irish families around Perth or whatever, you know, um, and, and you can see the new breed coming over now, young lads coming over to Australia now at the moment. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and they'll put posts up on Irish families around Perth, oh, looking for suggestions of things to do, travelling on my own. Like, they just get hit, like, with taggings of clubs and stuff, you know? Like, okay, they, yeah, ball, yeah. they play ball, like, and because you've the guy, you've your football in Perth, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then everyone's recommending to that person, like either the guys, girls, whatever, go join yourself a club. You know, no matter what level you are, you'll find a level over here. Like, you know, like yeah, that's brilliant. They, yeah. they cater for everything. Like, so it, it is absolutely, definitely the best way to go and yes. like, um, integrate. So, so we actually we, we finished up our Africa trip there about about two weeks ago or so, and um, we, we're currently in, in Koh Lanta in, in Thailand. But um, I, I sent out a message to the to the expats of Koh Lanta on, on Facebook, and. Um, and, and I started playing football here now as well. It's, it's just just a seven aside game, you know. But um, but again, brilliant crack like, and, and we're getting to learn people. It's it's a Dutch lad that's actually organising it. So um, so I was talking to him, and, and he invited me along, and um, just a couple of Dutch boys there, and, and um, good few Thai lads, and um, yeah, brilliant. John, again, meeting new people, playing football, new friends, brilliant, playing football around the world, man. Life is good. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, good way to get onto it, and and um, like the. We'll actually talk a bit about after as well because I know I know you had a lot of experiences playing football in Africa and stuff as well. So we'll, we'll definitely get onto that as well in a bit. What yeah, yeah. um what did you um when you were in the army? So 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 you said you were in the army for sixteen years, is that? Um, twelve, just 12. nearly thirteen. Yeah, yeah. And and did you just have enough? Then you decided to move on, or? Yeah, the, the army used to be a job that that I used to love, and um, and and then it just. The recession kind of messed it up a bit, in, in, in my opinion, you know. So, so, so I still have a lot of friends in, in the army, like, but it's there's a lot of things that, that aren't right with it currently, like. And um, for me, it was when I, I was based in Limerick, okay. And, and when the recession came, a lot of country or a lot of barracks is closed around the country, and that brought a lot of new faces into the barracks where I was. And um, unfortunately, one of them faces was just just a, the biggest dick you could ever imagine, like, you know. I, I always tell people that this fella, if if Ebenezer Scrooge and Vladimir Putin had a baby boy, it was it was this fella. Like, you know, he was just John, not a nice man. Was he high? Um, he was he was top of the, the pyramid, yeah. Oh, so yeah, a power tripper on top of it then. A, a, yeah, yeah, and just, a power tripper. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a funny joke about him as well that um so he used to have, have cattle and um there used to be a joke going on the barracks that he's the only person in the country that that has cattle that's volunteering to go to the slaughterhouse, you know, just He's just a character, but, but, but a, a, not a good character, you know. But um, yeah. I, I was just sick of going into work I, every day. There was just war at work, trouble you know, over the smallest things. And um, this went on for ages and ages. And, and eventually I said to my wife, I goes, man, I'm, I'm sick of this. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a lot better than this. And um, we, my wife ended up getting a job in the Cayman Islands. And um, we're going to go to the Cayman Islands. But we said we'll, we'll travel Asia for three months first. 
before we before we have to wait for the visas to, to get started and all that. So then after three months, there was something wrong with the visa and the whole thing had to be resubmitted. And um, the Cayman Islands came back and said, we, we can't wait another three months for that, like, you know, so so that kind of fell through the window. Um, so, so we said we'll come up with the word or, or use the plan, use the word improvise, and we came up with a plan to continue our travels. So, so we traveled to Asia for another nine months and we ended up in Perth in Australia. And um, we said, well, if we can't do the Cayman Islands, we'll, we'll give Australia a crack. Like, and um, so, so we left the country again to, to get our visas. And uh, my wife was offered a job in Queensland in Mackay. Never even heard of the place. We were offered a job in Emerald, Mackay, and and Gladstone. Heard of none of these places. And then we just looked at the map and said, okay, Mackay seems the best out of that. And then um, yeah, we ended up moving to Mackay and we stayed there for seven years until we got our citizenship. And then um, once we got the citizenship, we we handed her a notice and we said, all right, we're ready to see the world now, you know? <laughs> Uh, so you put the head down for seven years, saved, 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 and then decided, right, time to see the world properly now. Yeah, something like that. We, we weren't even, you know, this, we were planning to do this when we were 50 or 60. We said when we retire, we'll travel the world. Like, but then after COVID, we're stuck at home like, and, and we're planning to buy a house. And then we said, you know, houses will always be there. Like, we're, we're relatively young and fit now. Let's, let's go see it now. Like, you know? and, and thank God, because like, we've done hikes and stuff there in, in Africa in the last few months. Like, and and like Jesus, two days after doing these hikes, your body will still be in bits. Like you know, so we're saying like, imagine doing this at the age of sixty. Like you know, you'd be you'd be fucked all together. You know, so um, yeah, you're, a bit, you're getting a bit more out of the oh, one hundred percent, man. Yeah, the, the knees are getting weaker. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, no, we're, we're absolutely chuffed with our decision. Like so, so we're we're on the road, coming up to six hundred days now, and um, yeah, we're going to go for another four years at least. Anyway, so yeah. Absolutely brilliant, man. And uh, for, for anyone who uh, Kevin will tell you about his site in a bit, but uh, the anyone that is joined the site will have seen you going around a lot with a football, Kev. And um, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you get to chatting to the locals and stuff with your football in Africa and stuff? Because I think uh, you can tell us a little bit about about the love of football that they have in Africa. Because I think it's very evident in your videos that they're just they're they're, they're obsessed with it over there, aren't they? Oh, they're football mad, yeah. And in, in, in certain countries, it's it's kind of strange. In, in other countries, so we started in in Cairo, in, in Egypt, like and. And no one seemed to know about football up there, really. Like so, so we tried to get tickets for the the Africa qualifications for for the World Cup, right? So Egypt were playing Malawi, and um, we just started our journey there. Now, and we said, "John, John, brilliant! We'll get tickets for that. We'll go, go get a get an African game as well." And um, I was asking everyone in Cairo at the time, "Was where, where can we get tickets?" And and no one seemed to have a clue about it. So um. I, I was doing my research then and said it's on in the national stadium in Cairo. So I said to the to the wife, I said, We'll we just show up on the evening like and, and see can we get tickets at the stadium, right? And yeah. um I was doing a bit of research then. I wanted to see I was going through the squads to see how many players I, I would recognize from, from both teams. And um I went down to a Malawi page then and um I was, I was reading their team news and, and they gave a different location for the game, you know. So I was going like, oh, really? <laughs> so um I, I was saying to Kate, Kate's my wife, I was saying, look, we'll, we'll just stick to the plan and we'll show up at the stadium that, that the Egyptian website is saying. And then um, so we got the tram out to this place, took us about an hour to get out to this place, showed up the stadium, pitch black, complete darkness. And then um, turned out that the Malawi website was had the correct information on it and, and this game was being played like 100 kilometers outside of Cairo and, and not like all, all the Egyptian games or, or the Egyptian websites that, that said that the game's in Cairo. Like, you know, so that was kind of strange to me, like... Because I was looking at, at videos and stuff like, and 
the stadium like it showed like you know, crazy atmosphere and stuff like and and jump you know, packed to the packed to the gills and but then when i was asking around not one person could give me an answer where was on or could i get tickets or that was very strange but um but then once we came to to kenya and tanzania so so we stayed there for about four and a half months they say because it was just brilliant country like and um my god did they love football there you know it was just brilliant so so most of the times we were on the beaches they were just spending time in all these different beaches just hanging out and um every day when you walk down to the beach there's just games going on everywhere from from six aside to 11 aside to 20 aside and it could be you know all the locals the tourists there's um do, do you know the the maasai mara boys do you know the traditional kenyan tribe yeah they, yeah i've heard of them yeah they, they wear like a, like the scottish tartan um clothing but um all them boys be running around in, in, in their clothing and stuff like and just brilliant like and every day i i, I go down to the beach and and just join in and make new friends playing football were, were they quite welcoming to you was there you could you could join in no problem oh zero problems yeah just walk up like and and say can, can i join in like and no problem like yeah every time every time they probably had like, a lot they, they probably had full respect for you too for doing that i'd say today um do you know what? They're, they're some of the nicest people that we ever met in, in the world. The people from Kenya and and from from Zanzibar in, in Tanzania, like like they're just so chilled out, like and so welcoming. Um, that's why we stayed there so long as well, because we, we we just we, we left Kenya because our visa was up. That was the only reason. Or else we would have stayed there longer, like you know. But um, sound people, like when some of the soundest people you'd ever meet in your life, like John, come in. Can I play? No problem. What's your name? That's it. We're friends forever now, like. We could do do with you today and stuff, and yeah, brilliant crack, like you know, love it. Ah, that's brilliant, man. And and come here, um, you know, what would you? Is there a team that sticks out? Like you always hear that all the Africans love Arsenal, big Arsenal fans. Did you notice? Was there any particular team that was well supported there, or did anything stick out with you? Um, mixed. The, the Premiership is is massive over there, yeah, and and they're all kind of started the Premiership, like so they all either be Arsenal fans or United fans. Which was good for me because because I'm a United fan, so so we'd have a lot to talk about. But um, yeah, um, the the main teams United, Arsenal, Liverpool, City sneaking in there, a couple of Chelsea boys. Um, John was a weird thing. I, I I don't know, is is there a connection with, with with the team or or did someone hand out loads of jerseys in in Zanzibar? But um, the amount of Wolves jerseys in Zanzibar, every second jersey seemed to be a Wolves jersey, either the home jersey or the away jersey, which I. I I'm a Wolves fan, like, but they never explained to me why, like, or, or or what happened. But um, one one thing that that I thought was really good, we went to went to a game in Zanzibar that was on TV. It was the start of the Premiership this year, and it was um it was Chelsea against Liverpool, and the pub was packed now, right? There was a lot of tourists there as well as, as well as local people, and um, and the game kicked off, and about I don't know, twenty twenty five minutes into the game, all of a sudden they just changed channel, right? So it turned out there was two teams from the Tanzanian league, um, Young Boys and uh, and Simba, which are like the two top dogs in in Tanzania. They were playing in like their local derby, and um, and they turned off the city against Liverpool game to turn on their own teams, you know, which I thought was really cool, like you know that that they had more. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't see that in Ireland. You wouldn't see them. Yeah, yeah, I'd respect for that. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, they, 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 Unless it was a big final or something, maybe. But it, it, it's yeah. a derby. It's a local derby. These teams, like, or it's it's, it's more a derby of the two top teams, like you know. So it's just just a clash of the titans. But um, 
yeah, they turn off the premiership and, and they turn on their own league, which, which I thought like was, was really cool. Like, yeah, that, that, is, that is pretty cool, yeah, because that's what I was saying. Like, unless it was like the FAI Cup final or the final day of the season, you wouldn't see them turn on Cork and Shelburne or whatever ahead exactly, of Exactly, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man United or whatever. So for it to do it to just for a lo- local derby big game, like that, that's, that is cool, man. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was showing they, they have pride in the league and. and was, was there atmosphere in the for the game? Like, were, were people getting into it? There, there was at the start. We, we ended up watching the whole game, and um, the Manus was kind of a boring game. Was was nil all the, the whole game? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. It must have been like I don't know, about 100, 200 people inside this place, and um, just ninety percent locals. The the. And then um, everyone was was showing colours for for their team, like it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you're just dropping out a touch there, Kev. Yeah, I thought something's happening there. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you fine now again. Yeah, oh, I yeah, was just when you and they were dropping out. That's all right. Um, yeah. So then, then you um. So, like, is it pretty easy to get to watch games? So, Premier League games and stuff as you travel through Africa. Um, not really. To be honest, not in in some countries it was like yeah. Again, up north of Africa, the the Arab countries we were in in Egypt and and Sudan, and and there was hardly any chance of, of watching anything. You just try and stream a game or something in in Kenya and Tanzania. It's just all premiership, like yeah. As we travel down, um, once we attend or not Tanzania, um, Namibia and South Africa, you're kind of back to the real world again. It's it's totally different from from Africa, Africa, you know. So like um, yeah. all the hotels we've been, did all have like the Sky channels and stuff like that. And we were able to watch free football matches, which which was brilliant for me. Like it was it was the first time in in ages that, that I was able just to sit down and and watch a game in peace without going out, like you know. But um, yeah. It doesn't bother me. I, I go for the crack as well, like because um again, it's it's a good way of meeting people, you know, either other travelers or or locals, like and jump in, have a bit of banter, slag each other off if if they're the other side, you know. And yeah, it's good. I love it. I remember you had a post up in Uganda of um a Paddy Uganda's Irish bear looked like a class place. I think you watched the match there as well, didn't you? You watched the United game, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, flat out in the Guinness, six 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 dollars for two Guinnesses, is it? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Less less than two euros, I think. Yeah, but um, how how good is that name for for an Irish bar, Paddy Organda? Like no, like, like we 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 seen it uh, an ad for it on on the street, like or, or a billboard, and we said like we we're going to take it easy. John, we said we'll stay away from the drink, but then we seen this place and we said yeah, we'll have to check this out. And um, and again going in, all the Ugandans are all mad about their football as well. Um, we were there for the end of the Premier League last year. Yeah, so. Champions League was on as well, and it was good time because it'd only be an hour ahead from from England, you know, to, to watch the games. Like, so it's none of this getting up at three in the morning to, to watch a game kind of stuff. Like, but um, perfect, yeah. Well, damn, was Uganda nice to visit? Did you enjoy it? Like, the, the photos of it looked class. It was nothing like I expected it to be, you know. Yeah, Uganda was great. Like, so, so we we, we kind of used that as a, as a chill out point. Um, we we, we travelled Egypt for for a month and and then. We're in Sudan as well, which was which was quite hard. Um, we, we ended up leaving there the, the day the war broke out, just by by pure chance. Um, but but Sudan yeah, was. Do you want to just there. tell that story there because that's that that's kind of mad. Yeah. So so the plan was to travel from Cairo to Cape Town all overland by using public transport, 
and um, so we crossed into Sudan, and and, and we had zero trouble there. To be honest, it, it, it's just really hard to travel there because there's no tourist facilities whatsoever, you know. And and ninety nine point nine percent of the people don't even speak English; they, they only speak Arabic. Like so, so that was kind of hard to to ask questions and and get around, you know. Um, but the plan was to go from Sudan to cross into Ethiopia, but then trouble broke out in Ethiopia, and we said, right, there's no point us going in there because the whole place was was in lockdown because uh, all these military checkpoints in, in the north of the country where, where the main tourist places are so um so we said we'll we'll skip ethiopia so because we, we don't want to be hanging around sudan either so, so we're in khartoum we found a cheap flight that went to oman and from oman to uganda for the same price as to uganda so, so win-win for us we, we got to see see oman then as well for for an extra 10 days um but the day we flew out in khartoum airport we, we flew about 3 a.m. in the morning on, on the 15th of April. I'll never forget that day. I still have the... Went into the airport with Kate and um, like all the security boys were all there were half asleep in the corner and all their boots were just hanging off and the laces weren't tied and, and you know, zero shit's given really. Like you know, Security was you know, pretty much non-existent. But um, we, we got on our plane anyway about 3 a.m. in the morning, landed in, in Muscat in Oman about 8, got to the hotel for about 9-ish Um. They, they loaded us to check in straight away, so happy days, you know, flying through the night. Went up to the room, turned on the TV, Al Jazeera, live breaking news, and um, I was just showing Khartoum Airport in flames, and, and Khartoum Airport was under attack. Like So, So yeah, we, we literally left just a couple of hours before the war broke out. Like, the, the plane that left after us actually didn't end up leaving because it ended up getting shot up by, by the militia that came in and attacked the place and stuff. like So, um, That's so, madness, man. Yeah, very, very lucky. And when we were in Sudan... When we crossed into Sudan, people were texting us saying, like, um, like, what are you doing? Get out of Sudan, like, you know, it's so dangerous there. Like, and, and we we're saying, like, look, we, we actually done our research and as you know, it's quite safe, like, you know, there is troubled areas like down south in, in the Darfur region, but we're a thousand kilometers away from that, you know. So, so where we are, there shouldn't be any problem. And um and then the day that we did leave, war broke out, like, and everyone's texting us saying, See, it's so dangerous there. And we're going, like, it's not like that, like, you know. It just happens to be the worst time of all time, like that, that, that shit happened, like, you know, but um yeah, very lucky. So tourists aren't allowed into their fort hall now, you were saying, were they? Yeah, no, they'd all be banned from there. Like, yeah, like, um, I, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone going to Darfur unless, unless you're in the military or something. Yeah, it's not, not you, um, like, yeah. What, what was your overall experience of Sudan? Because it's not really typically somewhere someone would choose to go traveling, like, you know, with all due respect to Sudan. It's, it's, yeah. it's just not. So, Sudan is very interesting, right? To be honest, I'm I'm very glad we did it. I ticked it off the the bucket list, but um I don't think I'll ever go back, you know. But um Sudan has more pyramids than Egypt, you know. So so we went to these two sites where these pyramids were you know, just non-tourist sites, even like you know, it was free to walk up like and, and, and we had to hike to both of them. Um just in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the desert. We the, the last place, the, the Meroe pyramids is, is where like you know, all, all these people it was it was a kingdom two thousand years ago, three thousand years ago, and, and it was just rubble in the middle of the desert. So so that was really cool to see, and and the adventure of getting there was was crazy. So so we had to get a bus to a town, but we jump off halfway in the middle of the desert, and and we knew roughly what direction it was in, and we just start walking until we could see it coming up over the the horizon, then and just just keep on walking. But it was like it was it was like high forty degrees and everything in the desert, and then um, thank thank God we got there. And we were able to get a few photographs because our phones shut down and everything because of the heat. But um, yeah, it was a brilliant. <laughs> um, cartoon. 
it's just it's just a crazy place like you know like we've been to many places now but this one is just very unique compared to like it's just crazy but but again some people are afraid of it here in sudan that, that's all crazy like and while we were there it was during ramadan which pretty much meant that we were in ramadan as well so all the shops would be closed during the day like so you can't eat from from sunrise to sunset and uh, very strict muslims yeah oh, very oh strict. yeah yeah very strict like yeah yeah um any then, interest in football zero football there did 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 nothing about it like yeah we, we, which was weird to me like yeah but um I, I, at night time for, for the ramadan they'd all come out on on the street and um they lay out all these big carpets and blankets and, and it could be like from 10 to 20 to 30 people all sitting around having their dinner first first meal of the day you know so, so we got invited to that nearly every day which, which was really cool like yeah, i was, was very they invite you along with that oh that's pretty cool yeah yeah and and, and and again, the, the paddies showing up. So we we're starving. Like we don't need to like six o'clock. The sun goes down. Like so, we'd be starving by this stage. So the first time we got invited, um, like I was doing over there going eat, eat, eat. You know, being being very welcoming. And so, so I was, yeah, I am starving. Like so, I was eating and eating and digging in. Like, but then I found out like that they use all that food right till the the sun rises again. You know, that that's our food for the next twelve hours. Like and and there was. Kevin the Paddy eating, eating the shit out of all the food, like you know, he must be going like, won't be inviting this fella back again, like will we? <laughs> eating all our rations here for the next twelve hours. <laughs> uh, nice them to invite you though. That's pretty cool. Oh, sound though, yeah, and, and they did invite us back though. I just I didn't eat as much uh, the next time, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they give, so um, you know when you went to Oman, then so you flew into Oman, um. What what's the level of interest in football there? Because I think the Middle East are quite into it, hey. It was kind of strange, you no know, man, as well. So the amount of astroturf pitches I seen there was like every town, every really? village. But I, I I don't know were they all coming out at night time to play because it was hot during the day or, or what the fuck? Because like um, you've seen lots of pitches but no activity kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that? exactly. Like yeah, yeah. So I'm going like you have all these pitches and and they look fairly decent as well. But like, where is it? Central Africa, Kenya, um, Zanzibar, and and Zambia, and and Malawi as well. Actually, yeah, then then four countries: Central Africa, proper African experiences. Because like the, the North of Africa, John, they're all Muslim, and John North African. Then then Central Africa was different again when we finished up in in Namibia and South Africa. John, you kind of come back into the Western world again. There, you know, there's just a bit of normality. Isn't all these other places in the middle? It's just yeah, totally different ball game. But brilliant, though. Brilliant adventures. Yeah, fantastic, man. Some of the videos you've and pictures you've had up are absolutely insane. Yeah, and um, in, 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 you're in Asia at the moment. And obviously, Asia is very accessible to watch the Premier League, though, isn't it? Um, it's on in all the bars here. But see, because we're, we're about seven hours ahead of Ireland now again. As in, when we're in Africa, we're only one hour ahead. So, um, so now it's back to getting up at three o'clock in the morning to, to watch a bit of football or... That kind of stuff. Well, you know? Welcome to my world, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be done, though. This, this time last year, we were in Thailand as well. So so we, when, when we started our trip, we, we did a full lap of Australia. And then, and then we sold the van. And we, and we had about two months to spare before Christmas. So so we went back to Asia. Just We, we love Asia. This is our seventh time in, in Thailand now. But um, this time last year, the, the World Cup was on. And then, and, and remember the games around about, John, once we went to the knockout stage, I think the games run at like two in the morning and four in the morning. 
So like, um, yeah. I was just up every night watching the entire World Cup, watching every game, and then came home to Ireland and didn't see anyone in ages. Came home then and, and just bags underneath my eyes because because I was just up every night watching football, you know, getting a couple of hours <laughs> and stuff like. But um, yeah, I I I don't mind it, you know. It's it's a passion that that I have and, and will never go away. Like so. And any yeah, time I'll, I'll get up like uh, but but it's getting hard for United fans now, isn't it? Because because every United fan like and, and like Jesus Christ, it's getting up in the middle of the night to watch them like and, and just playing horrible football. And you're going like, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is kind of tough. The, the Premier League has been good this year, though. It, it's very brilliant this year. Yeah, yeah. overall, it's, it's very close. It's very competitive. It's probably good for me as a Villa fan too. We, we, we actually look like some bit of a joyful yeah. team at the moment. Yeah, so. even last year you were playing decent football, weren't you? Once Emery took over, yeah. Once the once Stephen Gerrard stopped trying to ruin us, they got rid of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Emery, Emery's top class coach. Like he's just he's out he's out of this world. He's just he's a you know super striker, like isn't he? Yeah, and and um, like the good thing about Emery as well, I think the owners have just given him the keys to the castle. Like he has the complete run of the place. He has all his own. He's all his own men in there. His own scouts. His own. Yeah, advisor, yeah. you know, like his own assistants, and uh, that that's almost a bit of a throwback. You don't see that in clubs anymore, like you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't see it since the likes of Ferguson and Wenger and them that they, they had for Mourinho probably in the early stages where they had complete control of the club from top to bottom. Who came in, who didn't? Yeah, I you know, they had the final, this final say and everything. And I think, I think for because obviously Villa aren't a Man United or a Chelsea or a, a Liverpool, you know. They had to kind of the owners probably had to offer Emery something to dangle the carrot, and that was probably the carrot. You know, we're going to give you the opportunity to to build. You know, you can. This is your club. You you will make the decision, and that's probably the only. That's probably what enticed them because I think Emery's a project manager, like you know, like at Villarreal and Sevilla. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He really well with them, but he just didn't have the financial backing to take them to the next step. Whereas I think at Villa, we're very similar to Sevilla and Villarreal. The only difference is we have a bit of money behind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't really used it yet, but but it will be there when we need to, you know. Yeah, yeah. They're still true. They're still taking free transfers and smart transfers where they can. So it's really good. But United, what do you think of Eric Ten Hag? Do you think they'll get rid of him? I'm starting to question now, going like, John, like that stuff with Ronaldo last year. Like, like to be honest, I, I, I stood on, on Eric Ten Hag's side then. I, I, I thought Ronaldo was doing a bit of whinging and and throwing his, his toys over the pram and, and making a big deal out of everything. But um, when you hear that stuff with Sancho then as well, like, and you're going like, what, what, what is going on behind, behind the doors there? You know, that like, John Player's been, been casted out like that. Like, John Sancho, the latest known, he's been linked to, to go away in, in, in the transfer window, like, isn't he? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I was I was full of hope at the start, like, I go as John, to give him the job for the next 10 years, like, sign him up. But like, um, I don't know. There's so many troubles and problems in United. I don't even know where to start. Like you know, again, the the, the players they, they play brilliant football for the first week, the first two months, and and, and then all of a sudden, total different player. Like look at Rashford now again. You know the, the 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 form he's in, like just crazy. Even Casemiro, best player we had last year. Like and and this year, like John, different player. Like and yeah, I don't know. It's hard to watch. Like but um, yeah. I mean, the the like thing is though, like. Uh, the one thing I would say though is that, like, they haven't been great. They're still in fifth, and they're still only four points behind. So I, I, I was, I was they, reading it this morning. They, yeah. If if they hit a bit of run of arm, like it's you know, yeah, we, but it we, just we we have five wins over the last six. Like, but then John, they're all you know, teams that you are expected to, to to get a win against, you know. But like, um, 
and they've struggled even their wins like I've watched them a lot this year like their wins they, even the wins they have got to be fair they, they weren't convincing like even against Everton the other night you know they, they, like, the like 3-0 looks like convincing Everton had them under the crash for a lot of time in that game like yeah I, I watched the 3 minute highlights and, and then I watched the 15 highlights that evening like, and it was a different game like wasn't it yeah <laughs> the, the 15 minute highlight show, showed yeah, I really went down like yeah well, look, as long as he's winning games, like that's that's all that matters at the end of the yeah, day. That's but, but the owner's going to care about. I, I, exactly, I, I get it. Like you know, like I, I just don't get. Look at players there. Look at at Brighton or or even countries. Do you want to see like Cyprus there a couple of years ago when John they were playing brilliant football? Iceland, all these play, people and John going like, how come they can pull it out of the bag and, and play unbelievable football with what they have? Like and and, and we have these players there like on hundred G's, two hundred G's a week, like and and. Just their attitude. You can see them walking onto the pitch, and and, and they look if they've lost already, you know, and, and don't don't give a shit about the game, like and just crazy, like you know. The big problem United are having at the moment is though is the bet the, the better teams are are showing them up when they do get on the pitch with them, like City and them. Oh um, yeah, yeah. You know, so like even in the Champions League, man, I know, I know they they like even losing to Copenhagen in the Champions League, like they just. They seem to be at the moment. They seem to be good at beating the lower teams, and yeah, yeah. Look, but look, as I said, Ten Hag will look at that and show that the owners here were four points off top or fifth. We haven't even got going yet. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting. I wouldn't get rid of him just yet, though. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying get rid of him. Like, I, I, I don't know what the solution is to be honest. Where, where the answer is that that's the million dollar question. Like, you know, should, should we even have Harry Maguire's making a comeback now? And he's he's one of our best players. Like, you know, it's like just shows the direction we're going in. Like, you know. <laughs> Well, I just, I mean, it was just for the money they've spent, like some of the players are still turning out every week. It's very surprising. I mean, Johnny Evans was starting there a couple of weeks ago. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, you'd have to question how have the club got to this point, you know? Yeah. A club yeah. like United, who, you know, just, they should be in the market for everyone, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're just not like, but um, they might get in this year. They might still slip into that top six again this year, though, because the other teams are stumbling around them, too. So yeah, it'll, yeah. Be, it'll be interesting. I I can't see them getting out of that Champions League group though. It's, but, it's going to be yeah. good. Oh, the, the Champions League is, is gone. I say like yeah, but, but the league like, like we're not going to win the league either, you know. But it's it's going to be interesting to the last day, and eh? Arsenal, Liverpool, City. I hope so. I hope so. But you know, you just kind of fear that City will kick into gear at some point. And just yeah, they're, they're favourites, yeah, but like yeah, and and don't lose for team. But they look a bit more vulnerable than they have in the past. Yeah, is, yeah, they've dropped some points. Which is, which um, Arsenal look more solid than they did last year. Last year they were battering teams, and then they throw wobblers every now and again. But this job, this year they're kind of not shipping goals, and they're kind of just getting the job done. So yeah, yeah, they, they could still click into gear properly at some point as I, well. I, I, I think they're going to be there till till the very end this season. Yeah, I I think what they did last year, you know, you, you learn from that kind of stuff, like you know, that, you learn a lot. Yeah, yeah get yeah. a bit. Games, you know, if you're if you're two 0 up at home, don't keep going for that third, fourth goal. Just 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 wrap up the game. Whereas yeah, yeah, exactly. Last yeah. year, last year they were going one 0 and two 0 up, and they were going for that third goal, and then they'd finish two all. You yeah. know, just yeah. So you do you definitely learn from it, hundred percent. They, they got that Kev, what, now, yeah. Go on, sorry, Kev. What's the plan from here? So you're in Asia now. What? So we're we're in Asia now. We we have a visa for sixty days. Um. So we're we're in Colenta at the moment. We we have a place we booked here. Um again, we're trying to explain to people on, on our travels. They all ask us how, how do we do it and stuff. And we're saying it just takes a small bit of research, right? So so we're in this place for eleven euros a night. Um we, we, we have our own king size beds, we, we have a balcony, we're we're literally twenty meters from the beach. 
um, aircon, TV, everything is here, like, you know, for, for, for 11 hours a night, like, you know, so, like, that's that's how we're doing it. But um, we're, we're going to be here till mid-December, and we have a few friends from Mackay coming over, and we're going to spend Christmas together for about three weeks, and then we have to leave the country. We're going to go to Indonesia for 30 days, um, just because we have to leave the country. And there's a few places there that, that we haven't been to yet. Um, then we're coming back to Kolanta. We we scored another good deal. This, this place charges 35 euros a night because we, we asked them what's the best price they can do if we stay there for 50 days and, and they brought it down to, to 19 euros, which is nearly half price, like, you know? Wow. Um, so, so, so we're going to come back here and, and just chill out for two months, do a bit of work on the website because we, we didn't do much work while we were in Africa. We, we, we have a website and we're trying to sell, sell our stories and, and all that kind of stuff through affiliate links and all that, like... Um, but when you're in Africa, there's no Wi-Fi. It's kind of hard to do it, you know. So it's no yeah. catch-up time, and and the best place to do it is, is right here, like where, where we have everything. Um, but but the reason why we're coming back then as well for the extra two months is we're going to go to China for three months, and and that's so that'll be in April 24, and and that's that's when our next big adventure will start then. Like, but but the weather's really cold up till April in China, you know. So, so we, we can't go there in February. Like it'll still be like zero degrees there in some places. Um, yeah. So so we're just going to hang out in Thailand. Do a bit of work and then 2024 april we're going to start in shanghai get a visa for china for three months work away all the way through china Um, we'll work away into nepal then for another month kate's sister lives in nepal so, so we're going to stay with her for a while Um, get a visa for three months into india do another big road trip and then hopefully we can get visas for pakistan we cross the border from india into pakistan for a few weeks then into iran the visa is 30 days and from Iran into Turkey, which would bring us up to this time next year. And we go home for Christmas then. So, so that's the big plan from, Fantastic, man. from Shanghai, Fantastic. Shanghai to Istanbul. That's that's it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Um, Kev, if, if, if people want to follow your journey and stuff, um, where's the best place to find you? And what's the what's the um, what, what's your website? What's your what's your socials? Um, yeah, yeah thanks, bud. So, um, so we're on, on all social media. Um, our, our name is Happy Irish Wonders. If, if you type in Happy Irish Wonders into tick or not TikTok, um, Facebook or Instagram, we'll be on that. We're on YouTube as well, and um, we also have a website called happyirishwonders.com that's if you're ever interested, so, so the main things that we have on it now is, is from our Africa trip. Like So anyone that's interested in in a trip from Cairo to Cape Town and, and you need to figure out the visas and what to see and what to do and, and lots of tricks how to save money, um, have a look at our website. Yeah, there, there's actually some some decent tips in there, you know. Uh, uh, there's anybody interested in traveling, I, I can vote for Kev there that the content is really good and they, de- they, they do dip deep into the into little tips and savings and money and it's really 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 good content for especially if you're if you're into the traveling side of it and you'll you'll also see the videos uh of kev playing football with uh the african lads on the beach and stuff <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Uh, really, really really good so um what so it's happy irish wanderers yeah correct correct yeah right and just hit make sure you give them a follow and hit a like and yeah just uh give the pair the, the page a share for kev as well yeah yeah so it's so, so gonna be chilling for the next two months lads but then then once we start this China trip, it's going to be all go for about eight, nine months again. Like, yeah. So, so, so the Cairo to Cape Town trip took us just under nine months. And it's going to be the same for, for the next trip. Um, Shanghai to Istanbul, all overland. So it should be, should be an adventure, yeah. All right, Kevin, I'm going to put you on notice before I let you go now. Who's going to win the Premier League this year? 
Uh, unfortunately, it's going to be City, you know. I think they're going to do the Champions League as well, and probably the FA Cup. Unfortunately, coming <laughs> from United <laughs> fan, yeah. <laughs> do you reckon? You know, I was just going to ask you about the Champions League. Yeah, so you reckon City will do the Champions League? You reckon they'll do the treble again? I, yeah, sadly, I do think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, just <laughs> I, I, I hope I'm wrong as well. I'm hoping I'm talking absolute shape, but um, I just, I just see him beating everyone at the moment. You know, Barcelona, Madrid. Even the Italian teams, you know, your PSG, your Bayern Munich, maybe Harry Kane's on fire. Actually, and he, he he could do something for for Bayern Munich, maybe in the Champions League. Every time Bayern Munich have had a good goal score, they've gone deep in the conversations. Like, and they have it took them a long time to replace Lewandowski and Harry Kane's absolutely banging them in. Oh, but the problem they're going to have is that you can take the boy out of Spurs, but you can't take the Spurs out of the boy. He's already <laughs> he's already got knocked out of two competitions. That's point. true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're only second in the Bundesliga, but now he's scoring goals for fun and he could be the one to show shoot them to the Champions League. And of course, Thomas Tuchel has won the Champions League before with sure, an unfancy sure. Chelsea team, so he knows how to get games done. So that the uh, Bayern Munich are probably, I would probably agree with you for me. Bayern Munich are probably the, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to change that to Bayern Munich, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who's your Premier League top four? Um, do you want this one from the brain or from the heart? <laughs> I just yeah, like from from what you watched in football, if someone said to give you a hundred dollars and said yeah. pick up four now, who who would it be? Yeah, definitely. definitely Doesn't have to even necessarily be in order, but just yeah. the four that are going to make. City, Arsenal, um, Liverpool, and and Spurs. Yeah, you reckon Spurs? Are, when yeah. Spurs get a few of their injuries back and stuff, yeah, they've um. The only thing is, if if if, if City beat them this weekend, there's four losses on a row, but they yeah, do that's have true. A, yeah, yeah. Do have a horrendous um injury list, so and and they and they are still playing good stuff. My only concern with Spurs would be if I was a Spurs fan would be Ange's lack of willingness to change tactics. It's commendable, but you know, like yeah, yeah. not having a go. But we are coming up against Klops and Pep and these these wily old foxes later on in the season when points are really important. Yeah, these yeah, boys, you know, but. It is commendable that he's willing to go, but we'll see how far that takes him. He's yeah. very unlucky there that Van der Den and uh, Madison got injured because they've probably been the two best players of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Um, oh, good um, who, who's going to go down? Do you think Everton can... Uh, I've actually hoping to do a podcast soon on the, the sanctions Everton have had, but um, oh, who, do you, who do you... Um, do you think Everton can turn that 10-point around? I, I don't think so, to be honest. I, I think they're very lucky last year to, to stay up. So like to to pull off that trick again, I don't know. And the year before, and, and the year before, before, yeah, yeah. How, how far are they down the league after the, the point deduction? They're they're, what? they're second, second, they're joint second bottom now. Yeah, they're. I mean, second they're bottom. not. They're not. They're not like caught adrift or anything. Like I think Burnley have four points. They have four. Sheffield United have five. Luton have nine, and Forest yeah, have ten. Yeah. I think. But Luton are slogging out points here and there. I think. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I, they, I think they got their victory this weekend, didn't they? Yeah, I, I, I yeah. like Burnley. My my brother's father-in-law is from Burnley. He, he kind of gave me a bit of a spark for Burnley because there's, there's a few Irish players there as well, you know. So I, I was sad when they went down. Um, but like, if, if Everton went down, I, I, I think they deserve it. Maybe like, yeah, and and that'll be a long, long time before they come back up. Then won't they? Like Leeds yeah, and Newcastle at the time, like especially with a new stadium there. Like you know, they can't yeah, afford geez, to go yeah, up at yeah. all. And it'll cripple them. But the yeah. um, the Euros next year. Who you put in Germany? Where would your money be going? Um, I'd have to back France. Man for man, like it's very hard to see past their squad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think, right? 
and again, th- this is coming from my brain, not from my heart, that um, that England have a good show. They, they've, they've been pushing the last couple of years, like, don't they? And, and John, if Jude Bellingham, the way he's playing now, like, you know, do, do you need that top player sometimes to to push that extra bit further, you know, to, to win doing yeah. that trophy, like, and um, yeah, Jude Bellingham's on fire at the moment, like, so. Oh, he's sensational footballer. I, I, and, and I think, I think they definitely have the ingredients. There's no doubt about it. They've got the team there. But again, I think Southgate could be the issue because I think sometimes you need to take a risk and he just, he doesn't do it. Yeah. Like he, they, they should have beaten Italy in that Euros final. 100% they should have. Yeah, yeah. But like he, he always goes safe with the players he knows and like still starting Calvin Phillips and still, you know, Calvin Phillips has played yeah, like six minutes. Exactly, yeah, yeah. He, he, and and, and even, even Harry Maguire always getting his game. You know, he didn't play with us in, in months and, and was still starting with United or with, with England, wasn't he? Yeah, and then Southgate's all, oh, he never lets me down. Yeah, but why not play someone that's starting for a Premier League team and they yeah, might let yeah. you down either. They might actually help you win the thing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so it'll be interesting. Look, he's obviously found a formula that he thinks works and look, he'll argue he's been to a semi-final of a World Cup, the final of the Euros and the, the semi-final of the Nations League. But, and yeah, so it's interesting. But they, they definitely could do it. Yeah, but I, I do think France myself. Yeah, they're one of them teams. You know when when Germany won the World Cup there, and I don't know, ten years ago, like they, they were kind of pushing for a long time, like weren't they? They they, they had the players and and John. I mean, yeah, I'd be afraid England could do it. I, I, I'm going to back France, but but I think England <laughs> won't be far behind them. Yeah, and then that's when Sky Sports will have to be stopping watched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I have no problem in England winning. I I don't mind seeing England win it, but it's just that it's just the pundits and all that. It'll just become very very hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. The, the players myself, I like. I mean, it's actually a really likable England team. There's some very good players there. Like yeah. that, like um, the like of like for me, like it was good to see Grealish doing well there and stuff. But it, it does madden me that he could only break into the team once he went to Man City when yeah, he was yeah. perfectly good enough at Villa to do it. Like. Do you know what? You know? I, I I actually just realised something there. Um, when I, I was thinking this myself, when when we're going to China, I was thinking it goes. Hopefully, we'll be around somewhere in Asia where the where the the, the start of the season, draw all the friendlies. The, the, a lot of Premier teams go to to China, like oh, oh yeah, very true. Cool. Yeah, a lot, lot of them do. A lot of them go over to. I was, I, was, I was hoping to catch a game, but but sure, the yours are going to be on now. Like, aren't they starting in June? Like, so, so there'll be no no preseason friendlies at all. It'll be a bit later in the day. Yeah, Typically, yeah. when the Euros are on, they don't tend to go on big, long travels. It's the off-season that like they tend to go to Singapore and Australia and stuff, but that's yeah, not yeah. usually when there's a major tournament on. Yeah. Because, I, I, I don't yeah. think too many go to Nepal or India, do they? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kev, look, man, thanks a million for your time. It's been a pleasure having you on. Yeah, thanks and, for having um, me, Spud. It, it was a great chat, man. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. And um, I'd love to have you on the podcast down the line again and we'll catch up a little bit about uh, how the travels are going and stuff. And again, to any of the listeners, jump on, give Kev's, Kev's uh, website and his Instagrams and stuff a follow because there's really, really good content on there, especially if you're interested in the traveling side of things. We'll, we'll, we'll do another chat this time next year, will we? we? We should be in Ireland around this time. We're finishing up our, our, our big Asia trip, um, Shanghai to Istanbul. So um, what do you think? We'll do another chat this time next year. Lock it in. Lock yeah. it in. <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers, Kev. Take care. Thanks, Bye-bye. bud. Be good, man. Cheers, buddy. I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Please hit the follow button on Apple and Spotify to help the podcast grow. And if you could share the podcast with me to help me get it out there, that would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, give me a follow. It can be found under Spud Talks Football. Thanks for listening. Thank you.